I know how we got connected. We got connected through a mutual friend that thought it would be appropriate for us to speak. How did you... How did I get here? I think it starts off where I was pushed in this direction long before I even knew it was a direction. I had been working with a life coach and just kept getting stuck. And time after time, you know, it was like a little bit of stuckness. And I'd keep trying to work through that. And it just, I felt like I've done all the work I could, but I was just, I was stopped. And I knew there was more for me. I knew that my life had to be greater than just working through these old traumas and like never really being able to move past it. And that was when, you know, this psychedelic world came up. Um, I resisted it so many times. I was like, nope, not for me. I don't do drugs. I've never done that. I like to have my feet firmly planted on the ground. I don't like to not be in control. And to me, psychedelics was a way of like floating away. And that was nothing I was going to do. But the more it kept coming up, the more I realized if I really want to move past this, how can I not explore every tool that comes my way? Move past the stuckness? Past the stuckness. Okay. And it was a tool because it's not the answer. I love to say like the magic is inside of me. The magic is not in any of these tools that we use, but it pulls it out a little bit. And that first time that I did explore it, I flew out to Costa Rica. I spent a couple of days there, went through two different journeys and when I got back on that plane to come home, I knew that I was a different person and there was no going back. And my life since then is one that I've never even dreamed could be possible. It's filled with so much peace and clarity and direction of I know exactly what I need to do, where I need to go and how I need to do it. And you can't fight that. It's almost like getting everything you ever wanted. And then you're like, well, no, that's not for me. How could you say that? Just by looking at my life day in, day out, waking up with this feeling of just peace and love and like light. I feel like my life is so full of light right now. I never even knew that was possible. You know, looking back, I describe my life as I was existing, but I wasn't living materialistically, I had everything I wanted, but that wasn't giving me a life worth living. I was functioning and I was doing everything I needed to do, but I never got the chance to really just be and enjoy right here, right now. It was like this race of always more and what's next. And how do I, how do I work hard today? So tomorrow's better, but then tomorrow I'm looking at the next day. And then it was just this never ending when will I ever get there? And now I know there is no there. <laughs> it's, it's right here, it's right there. now. And if this moment is all I have, I'm good because it's beautiful. I needed to just break free from this realization that there was nothing I needed to break free from. You said you did two ceremonies. What were the ceremonies? So it was psilocybin. Yep. I did it one day and then the following day. So two days in a row. The first day was just blissfulness. I got so much clarity on like why I'm in this world, my reasoning for all the different pieces that I've gone through. So just to explain, like 
I was able to see myself as this vessel and I was filled up with an extraordinary amount of light. And I was able to see that that light was put inside of me to share with others and to spread it around to all those around me. But instead of sharing it, I kind of kept it inside. And then I watched as little cracks had to be made in order to get the light out. So whether it was, you know, when I was a child, I had stage four cancer and that was a very big part of my life. But that was like a crack for me to connect with the cancer community. And then, you know, I lost the son and that was like a crack for me to like connect with people dealing with tragedies, peace. And then, you know, I went through a really difficult, messy divorce and I was able to see that that also was a crack of like being able to connect with people in the divorce community and being able to not just connect with them, but really be able to understand from the depth of who I am, what they're going through and support them through it and be there for them. Even just like during my divorce, my family um, turned their back on me and like I didn't have that family support in any way. They were really not happy with my decision to move forward in that. And all these little pieces and all these little cracks made me able to connect with all those different people around me. And I realized that those cracks were coming out because I was not sharing my light. I was holding it inside of me. And once I was able to realize that this light needed to get out, I don't need those cracks anymore. I don't need to be hurt so much to be able to share with others. And that was like one thing that came up consistently is like, you're here to share your light. And if you're going to hold it inside, that light's coming out, whether you like it or not. So it's your choice how you want that to come out. And you get to let it out or you get to hold it in. But either way, it's coming out. And that was like a very big part of that first experience for me of, you know, seeing almost like clarity of like, I know what I need to do. And I know I just need to be there in this world as a place that people feel safe and people feel that they have a safe place with me and that I'm there to support them in whatever comes up. Um, so you that, were holding space before you started holding space. I was basically. holding space before I started holding space and I didn't even know it. Yeah. And that was the first event. The second one was dark and deep and it was just, I couldn't wrap my head around it and I didn't want to go through that. And it was so much of the darkness that I've experienced in my life. It felt like all of it was clouding over. And at some point I said, this is not my space. I don't want to ever do this again. You know, this is not for me. I can't handle this, this deepness. And I'm not ready for this. You know, working through that afterwards, I was able to look at that time and realize I needed all that depth and darkness and, and rawness to come up so it could get out because it was so stuck in me for so many years that I was never able to really express it or really work through it. It just needed to come out. And it was, it was hard. It was painful. It was one of the most beautiful things I've ever gone through in the most painful ways. And once I was able to like let that darkness come up to the surface, I knew I was ready to let it go and I didn't have to hold on to it anymore. And that's why when I say when I got on that plane to go home, 
I had this lightness to me that I've never felt in my entire life. My whole life was just heavy, starting from, you know, as a child, there was just a lot going on. And yet, all of a sudden, I had this freedom that I'm okay. And I don't need anything to be okay, because everything I need is inside of me. And in the past, I was always looking externally for ways to be okay, whether it was people, whether it was their validation, whether it was things. And all of a sudden, I was able to stop and realize none of that mattered because as long as I have myself, it's almost like I can't be let down if I'm not relying on all these external materialistic things or people. And once I realized that, it was like, I can do anything I want to do and I can make this world a better place just by being me. I don't need to wait for all these things to come to my table. It's like, it's already in me. And I could just spread that. And, you know, in my mind, I couldn't help others. And then all of a sudden I realized, well, all you need to be is one tiny half a step ahead of the next person to be able to give them that space to be okay. And that space to feel heard and understood and know that they're not alone. And that's what I realized so many people are just looking for of like knowing that they're not alone and there's someone there for them, no matter what comes up. Right. In a non-judgmental kind of way, just creating a container for them to be able to be free release and not feel uh, judged, not feel like they have to do anything. That word judgment, I I used to say, I don't judge. And then I realized I do. Mm. And I love it because I judge people every single day with kindness and compassion. For a lot of other people, they'll recognize that as acceptance. acceptance. But you're spot on. You're looking at this one word and giving it the two poles that it can represent. And we don't necessarily have to identify it as being a negative, as being one side of the spectrum. It could represent both. It's how we approach it, how we use that tool. So that's really beautiful. And I think a lot of people resonate with that. So just to take a step back. So the first experience, right, is light. It's like, okay, this is who you are. You are actually a vessel. Light is raining down through you. Here it is, right? The second ceremony is, well, here's what's blocking you from showing your light. It's this darkness, it's this heaviness, the shadow, right? All the stuff that happened, the trauma, the identity, all of it, right? So it's like, okay, you are light, but there's all this stuff inside that's preventing the light from coming through, right? So that could be considered kind of a veneer that is opaque, that prevents light from being shown outside. And when you say cracks, it's like taking that veneer and chipping away at it. So we slowly by hook or by crook, by our choice or by Mother Nature's, these cracks appear because they're standing in the way of her doing her job. And she's like, no, you're not going to necessarily deny me. You might deny yourself, but here I am. And so in this way, we're going to just start chipping away at this external kind of veneer that doesn't belong here. It's actually limiting your ability to experience life and your ability to share this light that I've given you, that I've granted you, I being, you know, Mother Nature, God, whatever you want to identify with. And here, we're going to help you. We're going to help you along, right, towards your calling, because it's all happening one way or another, as you put it. So here come these little cracks in the veneer. And through the crack of the veneer, what happens? The light's able to shine. And that ray of light, when it is, let's say, 
externalize, it connects with another's light. And oftentimes to relate to somebody, especially if we're, let's say, light workers and healers and helpers, right, we connect with people only in the capacity which we kind of come from, meaning we have to understand something, we have to be aware of a condition or quality to connect with someone on that condition or quality. Because if I've never experienced trauma, how am I going to connect with you when you're going through trauma? I can't help you. So we go through this, let's say, training of sorts, even though it feels heavy at the time, we go through this training to be able to connect. And these individual cracks represent these openings for these rays of light that have a basis in, let's say, some historical reference for us that allows us to connect with these other people who are going through a hard time. And in that way, we help open up their veneer. We're helping one another out along this Domino journey. Effects of like, the more you help yourself, the more you could help others. Amen. That's the only way. <laughs> right? yeah. That's the only way, really. Right? Uh, we all want to. We all have good intentions, and we all want to change the world, and we want to help everybody. But how do we do so if we're, you know, carrying around all this heavy weight? It makes it very, very difficult to do, especially if we have this opaque veneer that's, you know, covering us from a result of all of these uh, historical kind of incidents it becomes impossible to do. So, okay, so those are the first two journeys. And then we come to this. Those were the first two journeys. And in this realm of it, for some reason, it just came to me that I'm going to be introduced to you. And (laughs) I cannot explain it. I walked away saying, that was weird. You know, we have a mutual friend and it just came to me. He's going to introduce you to someone. I got back Sunday evening, Monday morning, 830 in the morning, my phone rings. And it's this friend of ours. And he says, I just sent you a phone number. I can't explain to you why, where, or when you need to connect. And after going through such a journey, I knew I had to follow my heart. And I remember calling you and saying, I'm not exactly sure why I'm calling you, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about who you are. And one thing turned into the next. One thing turned into the next and we end up meeting, right? We have a conversation, but almost immediately after that, we're kind of deployed in service. Because I remember that conversation and you're explaining to me a little bit about you and what you do. And really all I heard was, I like to help people. And I remember saying to you, I'm not exactly sure what you're asking me to do or if you're asking me to do anything, but I feel very aligned with what you do and I'm in. You help people. I know deep in my heart, that's the only reason I'm in this world, to help others and to enjoy life. That's how I feel with being able to be in this space and hold this space for other people in this safe, kind, non-judgmental way. And so fast forward, you said holding space. So when we move forward to the first time that we hold space for someone, right? you experienced psychedelics personally. And now this is the first time you're experiencing holding space for someone going through the psychedelic journey, right? What was that like? The best way I could describe it, I walked out of there feeling honored. I felt so much gratitude that another human being would let me into their deep, dark space and let me be there while they struggled so much through what was coming up. And when someone could feel safe with me, it's almost like I'm able to give someone something that I never had or that I never felt I had as a child. 
to me, it was just magical. So it gave back. It sounds like by holding yeah. space for someone else, it gave back to you because it brought you awareness. And that's what we go into our own personal journeys for, right? To gain some level of awareness, some level of, you know, healing, some teaching. And you basically are saying, hey, I received that. I didn't have to participate in the journey except for, you know, my and it role was in holding a space. A, a big A big way that I like to view this is people feel that when they share their life story or their struggles or what they went through, they're helping others. And yes, people get helped by hearing other people talk about their struggles and how they overcame them. But realistically, you're helping yourself more than anything by letting go of that shame or guilt or pain that you've been carrying around and finally just sharing it with the world. You're the one that gets help. You're opening yourself up to heal. Yes. And it's the same thing with this. I went into this thinking, I'm going to be there for them. I'm going to hold space for them. I'm going to be this safe person for them. And I walked away. I was the one receiving. Mm. I didn't feel like I was giving for a minute. To me, every single time I do this, I feel with 100% certainty that I'm the lucky one and I'm getting the better end of the deal. And I'm the one that's walking away gaining from each and every experience to the point that these experiences that I get to help people through, they actually turn into little journeys for me. They're your trip. Absolutely. They're my trips. They're our trip, right. Very important point um, to come into that space kind of open, not thinking that you're the doer of things, not thinking that you're providing somebody an experience or doing something. Oh, I know I'm not. Them. I know that my only job is to stay away and to let them do their thing. If the minute I think that I'm actually doing something, I'm already going the right wrong direction. Right. And that's important for people that are out there that are hearing this, whether you're trip sitting or whether you're actively guiding, and those are two different things. It's important to come in empty. It's important to come in humble and recognizing that you're receiving just as much as the other person is receiving. Because as soon as you come in through the polarity of I am the doer or the healer, you're stuck, you're caught. And you polarize the other individual, which means that you're going to preclude their process, meaning you could only interfere, you could only get in the way with your own stuff. And that's why getting out of the way, that's why we step into this space, we have to be very empty, very clear, prepared for anything and everything, just like we would in our own ceremony. When we're coming into our own ceremony, we're going in to breathe and to surrender. And if you don't bring that same dynamic into the room, when you're holding space for someone, again, whether you're doing it passively as a trip sitter or you're doing it actively as a guide, it's like it, it's the one ingredient that's required. You know, you have to come in from a state of surrender, meet the person in breath and let it all unfold because you don't we don't know who's getting what. There's no assumption or expectation to be made that I am doing this for someone and that other someone is receiving. It's like the surefire way of getting in the way. So that's really important that you brought that up. I'm very glad. And I hope that, you know, people really hear how humble you need to be to step into this space. So I've heard you say before, and it resonates so much to me where you say, if you're a surgeon and you're going into surgery with dirty hands, are you really helping? Or are you going to just infect them 65 different other ways? That's the best way I like to see it is how can I keep my hands clean and out of the way 
So whatever needs to come, comes for them. And it's never about me. It's yeah, yeah. There, in this work, there is no me, right? There so you're 100% no right. So, you know, fast forward a bunch of space holding later, you also have your own journeys coming up along this kind of pathway that you're on, right? You have your own experience with uh, ayahuasca after the psilocybin, right? Absolutely. How? What, what was that all about? I think the part that helped me was that I went into it with very little understanding and no expectations. Oftentimes, you know, there. for me, the easier way to do it is just not to know. I know there are people that research and they plan and I knew I just need to let it be. I've done it a couple of times. And I think the most surprising thing for me every single time is how I just can't stay away. And every time I do it, I feel like this is just clearing things up for me to go further. It's uncomfortable in so many different ways. For me, the most difficult part of ayahuasca is this intense nausea, whether it's vomiting or the need to vomit and being able to sit there for six hours vomiting away and walk away saying, I would do that again. I mean, that that shows that there's there's something there that I'm getting out of it. Otherwise, there's no way I would put myself through that again and again. Yeah, it takes a special kind of strength, right, to uh, be willing to throw ourselves into the fire. Abnormal. knowing. Yeah, it's interesting for me, the things that came up for me consistently, whether it was with the psilocybin or whether it was with the ayahuasca, it was the same couple of things that kept coming up. One of them was you're a vessel full of light and love. And another thing that was so interesting for me and so important was my view of a higher power and like, what did it mean to me? And who is this person or this, this thing that's running this world so perfectly? And yet, why is it so hard to connect to this? If you know, it's, it's there, it's everywhere. And in my mind, it was always, God was this very formal being, almost like, almost like the way I would view my dad in a very, you know, controlling way. And the thing that kept coming up for me over my ayahuasca journeys is watching my vision of God change around to six different types of versions. And every single version, this God is on the merry-go-round or on the roller coaster or in the amusement park, smiling, laughing and saying, you think I'm sitting up there? Of course not. I'm enjoying life too. Life is meant to be enjoyed. Don't take it so seriously. And that was what I needed to hear because life was serious. Life was very important. And once I was able to take a step back and see, well, if God's laughing and enjoying and relaxing, who am I to sit there being all serious? And I was able to enjoy life a little more. And that that's where I walked out of there of my life is filled with two reasons for being here. One is to help others and one is to enjoy life. And with those two things, how could you not go far? Amen to that. Wow. And uh, so just to be clear on the purging side, right, you said 
if and where and when with God, you know, we're having this difficulty connecting. Well, guess what we're purging out? We're purging out all the blocks. We're purging out all the dead ideas that keep us from self-realizing the fact that we're swimming in God. We're literally immersed in him, and yet we're kind of looking externally to find him. And so we're just purging that misconception away because it's all inside of us. And I think the biggest purge was the energy blocker of me believing there was something outside of me that needed to be unblocked. Mm. And yeah, it was, it was a painful night, but I walked away from there a different person because I, I was able to see this light and you look up in the sky and you see beauty and you look around you and the world was so much more beautiful once I was able to go through that. You know, I feel it. And when you feel it, you act differently. And I think those around me feel it too. It's almost impossible for you not to. It's just, it's like, life is just beautiful. So you had the, uh, you had the intellectual piece down pat, but without the experience of that truth, right? It didn't really kind of snap in. And uh, that's what they point at as being wisdom, the combination of intelligence plus experience. And so once that piece really snaps in from an internal space, the rest of it was already there. And then it just kind of gels. And then it's like, boom, okay, now I know. Now I've touched. Now I don't doubt. And that trust is like jet fuel to propel us to go anywhere, be anything that we could possibly imagine. Just and, go. And, and, right, like, right. And roll Why with are it. we even questioning it? Like when you're able to follow your heart, you just go. And I could not have said that better with myself. That was exactly how it was. It was like this freedom to just be. And I don't even need to go because where am I going? Just be. Right, right here, right now, we're exactly where we need to be. And if I can embrace that, I mean, I'm just lucky. So were you able to look back on these traumas of your past with different perspective now? Like, how do you view that historic reference point of this is who I was in the current frame of awareness that you possess? What's different? I would Besides even, everything. I would even <laughs> question what's not different. Right. <laughs> well said. So. Everything I've went, everything I've gone through in my life is still there. I mean, there's no question about it. Life has its difficulties. But what I've been able to learn through this experience is the difficulties do not make you who you are. It's what do you do with that? And they're coming for a reason. And when I was able to view everything I've gone through as it was a whole different world. And I like to describe it in, in my own little way of a donkey that falls into a pit. And, you know, they try every which way to try to get this donkey out. And at some point, the farmers are like, we're never going to get it out. We just have to bury the donkey. We'll fill up the pit. We'll, you know, throw some dirt on it. And that's it. There's nothing we could do. So they start shoveling dirt into this pit to just bury the donkey. And they look down and they see with every shovel full of dirt that gets poured on the donkey, 
the donkey shakes it off his back and takes a step up on that dirt until he's able to walk out of that pit. Hmm. And to me, that's that's my life because th- there's always things that are thrown on top of us. But what do we do with that? Oh, wow. And in the past, it was just, this is my life, you know, and I, I just dealt with it. But once I was able to realize, no, these difficulties are actually opportunities to grow. And it's a whole different world when you see everything as a gift. Because if you stop and you think about it, everything in this world is a gift or a test. But when you take a look at those tests, aren't they actually the greatest gifts of all? Because that's where we grow. I wouldn't trade it for anything, even though it was hard. Because look at where I got to because of it. But I had to do the work. Yeah, it's an important shift in perspective, right? Because when the challenge is happening in real time, it's like, oh, man, why is this happening to me? And we kind of get caught up in it. But then if we've had these experiences in life and we've had this shift in perspective, then when it's occurring, it becomes this aid, if you will. But we only recognize it when we look backwards, right? Retrospectively, we could look back and say, oh, wow, look, you know, all these things were actually kind of these little piles of dirt that allowed me to climb up. But in the moment, if we get caught up in what's going on, if we don't have that perspective, then we think, oh boy, I'm being buried. So the same thing's going on. It's just how am I approaching it? What's my kind of, what, what, what perspective am I carrying into this particular moment? Whether you get to come to that perspective through a psychedelic journey or through the various stages of life or hearing this podcast and hearing you speak, right? It doesn't matter. But, but you know, please kind of integrate that whichever which way you want, because it's, it's, it's the difference between life being a gift and life being a curse. That's all perspective. I could have gone through my experiences. It would not have propelled me to where I am today, if not for the integration piece. And I'll just bring like two little points up that came to me in my first um, journey out in Costa Rica. One of the first thing, I'm not a big fan of bugs. I can handle animals from afar, but I'm not a big animal bug person. And it kept coming up to me go sit in the dirt, go, go be comfortable with the bugs. And to me, that was like a very strange thing. But I walked away saying, okay, I guess I need to just go sit on the grass and be comfortable with, you know, bugs and animals and snakes, you know, coming up to me. But when I was able to integrate that, I was able to realize it was telling me to be comfortable in the uncomfortable and that's okay. And it doesn't always need to be comfortable sitting in the grass, in the dirt, in the mud was not what I needed. I needed to know that I was able to step out of this comfortable space and I would be okay, even though it was uncomfortable. Another thing that kept coming up to me was, you know, I need to write a book. I need to write a book about my life and about what happened. And I've been through a lot of different things, but I'm not a writer. It's just not who I am. And I walked away saying, okay, I guess I need to write a book. But when I was able to sit down and integrate it, it was like, no, you don't need to write a book, but you need to share your story and you need to open up and you need to be able to be this vessel that people feel safe with because you've been through things. I went through the first large chunk of my life, almost just pretending none of those things ever happened to me because I didn't want anyone to treat me differently or think I wasn't okay or think I needed extra coddling. But once I realized, no, that was my stepping stone for people outside of me to feel comfortable, I knew that sharing my story was 
not only something that would help me, it was a must. I needed to open up. Without that integration piece, I would be sitting on the grass every day for 20 minutes. To me, the integration piece was one of the most profound things that helped me change my life and be able to just get to where I am now. And I like to say that because I get a lot of calls from different people saying, you know, I need help. I'm stuck. Psychedelics. It's magic. I needed to fix my life. And I always have to throw it back at them and say, it's not magic. It's a tool. And you could use it to benefit you. But sometimes we take tools and we use it out of proportion and it doesn't help us. On the contrary, it hurts us if we overuse a tool. What we have a hard time with often is, as you identified, we think going and getting comfortable in that, let's say, mud, right, was the thing. But it was just the container for the teaching which was inside of it, right, to be revealed. And so oftentimes we get caught up in the container and the superficial quality of things as being, you know, uncomfortable. And so I don't want to do that. But just by going through that experience, we're able to, let's say, peel back that superficial layer and allow the inner teaching or the revelation to be revealed, to make itself manifest. And so it's a gateway. It's a pathway, basically, uh, to something greater. But had you not taken that first step, which is usually the most uncomfortable step, none of it comes to fruition, you know, and it's very easy to kind of rock back into our default mode right after one of these experiences. And I think you touched upon something really interesting of this word more. And there's always more. Someone asked, and this is a question that often comes up. It's like, well, I hear about all these people, you know, working with plant medicines, but does anyone ever really get healed? You know, does it ever happen as if it's this kind of finite moment where it's like I could throw my hands up in the air and say, yes, you know, it's over. I'm done. That never really happens. It's, it's, it's a pathway of healing. It's a process of healing. But I would love to hear kind of your take on it. Is healing a place that we arrive at? I, I think that the word, the statement will I ever be healed, that in itself is the problem. Because why do you feel like you need to arrive somewhere? Why do you feel like you need healing? Why can't you just be? And what if you never really needed to heal? What if you were exactly where you're supposed to be? For me, it, it's interesting because I have this psychedelic world in this life, but I also have my life where I work in a treatment center. And I get calls all the time of, can you heal my son? Can you take all their trauma out of them and give them back to me whole? And I always have to remind them and say, remember, this is what makes your son whole. This is what makes them who they are. And are you sure you want to take all that away? Because that is what empowers them to be who they are. That's huge. That's powerful. So it's a bit of a paradox. It's like letting go of the illusion of being ill is more important than trying to arrive at a destination where I am healed. It's like we have these walls around our heart and we're always trying to break down these walls. But what if you stop and realize they were just imaginary? I mean, you've, you were the one that brought that to my attention and I can't unsee it. It's like, 
Who said there actually are walls that need to be broken down? Right. Why do we even think we need to? Right. It's mental stuff that's fostered by, uh, you know, uh, all these moments in life where those challenges were something that I didn't recognize as being blessings. And so I kind of stayed away from them. And I created these walls myself through these kind of processes of self-defense when realistically there was nothing to defend from. It was a learning opportunity and an experience and it's going to shape me into who I am, much like you said, like, you know, some of those aspects of uh, life um, are part of us for all the right reasons. We just don't recognize it and we want to do away with it. But no, if we shift our perspective and see that as our strength, as our superpower, then we get to build off of it and grow with it because you can't, you know, you can't take it away. It's part of the story, right? It's part of it. And so use it as it's a, a stepping stone. a beautiful stone. part of it. Like, it really is like every single person and what they go through is it's beautiful. It's meant for them. Right. Like, why do we want to take that away? Right. People get lost on that a little bit. A lot of it. Huh? A lot of it. That was awesome. Thank you for uh, thank you for sharing. That was fantastic. I uh, appreciate the conversation and just to kind of foreshadow a little bit moving forward. So given that range of experience and giving this current perspective, right, and awareness what's next if there is a next ever right i don't want to i don't, don't want to one, one foot in front of the other but i'll i'll end with one thing the only thing that i know for certain is i have to follow my heart and if it comes to me it's coming for a reason and i'm just going to follow that and if it feels right like who am i to get in the way of what comes to me and if you know and i'll go back to what i believe i I'm, I'm a big believer of we're in this world to help others and to enjoy life and that's what I'm going to keep doing. But I have no doubt that there's going to be things that will keep coming towards me because it's meant for me. And whether it's meant for me or if I'm meant to be there for them or for it, so be it. We just take it as it comes because that's all we could do. Show up as ourselves day in, day out and just welcome what comes. It's this back and forth of, Am I really giving or am I receiving? There's really no difference. Because when you show up authentically as yourself, none of the rest matters. Selfishly selfless. Exactly. Right? Well said. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>